Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. and We find mercy every time we're here. We find grace to help us in our time of need. And Father, there's always a need for you, even though we don't feel a need. We know we need you. That's just proven. So we thank you for taking care of every single need represented here. Nobody will leave here without their need having been met by you and your precious Holy Spirit. And we thank you for that privilege, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to continue today talking about testing of your faith and especially related to healing. Amen. Uh, so you, we, we need to understand that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. It's not like we have faith and we take the job from him. He is always involved in our faith. He's 100% involved in it. He is the one who has ordained a life of faith for everybody. Uh, our God is a faith God, as, uh, you know, some, some teachers would describe him. Uh, but God does everything by faith. He, he, we are made in his image, so we are faith people. And we are always using our faith. It's just that now that we're born again, God wants us to use it for his glory and for, and, and it doesn't mean when we say use it for his glory, that doesn't mean you're left out. You know, people get things twisted. He's glorified when, when he can keep covenant with us. Amen. The Bible says that, that, uh, he gives us the power to get wealth so that he can establish his covenant with us. Whenever his covenant is established, he gets glory out of it. We don't have to worry about God in this and, you know, am I uh, asking for too much or I'm being selfish or whatever. Just let God lay things on your heart. He wants us to come to him. Uh, he doesn't want you to go anywhere else for anything except to him. And so he knows how to work this thing so that you get what you need. He receives glory from it. Because he knows how to make it prominent, how to make your answer prominent, how to allow you uh, to be able to give testimony, how to point you out to people when you don't say a word. He makes people notice you. Um, all of those things, that's him getting glory. So we don't have to worry about his end of things. We just have to take care of ours, amen, which is a big enough job, if you ask me. But but if we take care of our believing end, he will take care of the making it come to pass end, amen, and what happens after that, when it comes to pass, how it comes to pass, who's around when it comes to pass, all of that. He he takes care of all of it. Amen. And so those are the things that, that we need to keep in mind when we talk about faith, but also keep in mind the fact that God has a plan for us as well as taking care of our needs. And I think that's the beauty of this covenant that that he he his 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 aim is to cause us to conform to the image of his son. You know, we used to tell the, the, the story about the potter and the clay, and I'm on the, I'm on the uh, potter's wheel. We don't even say that no more, amen, because it's like everyday thing. I mean, when are you off the potter's wheel? <laughs> so, and so, you know, we, we have to understand that, that that's the beauty of it. I mean, I, I can't think of anything more God, 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, he takes care of everything. And you're hardly aware what he's doing. You're just aware of your little world and, you know, you come out here and there and worship him and thank him. You go to church. You don't go to church. You do what you do. You know, it, and he's working all the time to accomplish something more glorious than we could ever imagine. Amen. Not just conforming to his image down here, but he is preparing us for heaven. You got to fit in up there, too. So he's doing a, a total work in us while we are just sitting here wondering when the next bill is going to get paid. You understand what I'm saying? He's doing something so miraculous in us. You know, we hardly recognize ourselves from the way we used to be when we first started walking with God. Amen. Or that should be true. You know, I mean, I know sometimes we fight it, but it's happening anyway. Amen. It's a process that can't be stopped. He's the potter. We not, you know, can clay talk? Can clay get up and do something by itself? No, it's dependent totally on him. And so that that's who we are, folks. That's, that's who we are. And, and it's a wonderful thing that God is about the business of perfecting us, maturing us, adorning us, making us more glorious every day as people. Uh, causing us to stand out among other people, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, there are times when, when you wonder how you get singled out for certain blessings. You know, there are times when we sit around and wonder when our numbers go get, well, when's my blessing coming? When's it coming? When's it, when's it, when's it, when's it, when's it coming? I want my stuff now. You know, and, and, and then, Suddenly something happens and out of nowhere God blesses you. You didn't even ask for it. You didn't even know you were in line for that blessing. Amen. You got all your energy, you know, plowed into something that you can see and he's doing something in you that only he can see and he unveils it to other people when he wants to. You know, it's like there's all this stuff going on here. You know, that we're not even aware of, but yet we're aware enough to be able to connect with him, worship him, thank him. We're aware enough to know when it comes into our realm that he did it and to appreciate it. But on a day-to-day basis, we just don't have a clue. You know, you don't know what God's up to. You know, it just it's just beyond, really, it is. And so I think of that when I think about, him testing our faith. What's he up to when when he tests our faith? You know, we just take that word for granted. and Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tested. How? How do I study for it? How long is the test going to be? Amen. Is it open book? Can I cheat? Amen. Can I look on my neighbor's paper? Huh? Your neighbor's paper ain't going to help you with a lot of things you got to do for God. Amen. You gotta go to him for everything. But but we still must believe that the things that we we request will come to pass. We still have to believe no matter what goes on. And so that's that's the wonderful thing. God is accomplishing so much, He's doing so much. 
with us from day to day. And every now and then we get a glimpse of what he's really up to. You know, you get a glimpse of his glory. And so it, it's a good thing to keep that in mind. So we started out in James chapter 1 where he said to count it all joy when we fall into these. Why count it joy? Think about that. You know, we always, we you know, this is the way we were counted all joy. I wish I could get joyful about not having enough money. You understand what I'm saying? And so we don't receive this. We read it. And then we want to skip over it and get on to something else. Okay, I read that. Now, Now what can we talk about? Amen. But I think if we would obey this scripture, we'd spend less time wondering. Because joy puts you into the realm of heaven. There's nothing but joy in heaven. Listen, if you want to be depressed and sad, you're going to have to go someplace else because there's nothing. You're going to be real upset when you get up there. And see all them smiling people. Some people been waiting for you. Man, I'm so glad you made it. I was hoping you'd get up in here. It's nice up in here. Amen. Right. Everything is the bomb. So, you know, I mean, seriously. And, and many times we're, we're on edge about things and, and not understanding that joy helps us to overcome what? Not not anything that's holding up your money. It's helping you to overcome how you feel about it if you were to deal with things totally in the natural. Amen. You know, you can you can get depressed enough to not want to do anything. So you gotta watch yourself in the moping and wondering and, and you know, over in the dark valley. Amen. You gotta come out of there as soon as possible. And God's given us a remedy for it. He says, Count it all joy. When you fall into these different trials. Amen. Why? Because you're a winner even more. For being tried. Huh? I guess I'll read Mary had a little lamb. It's fleeced with white as snow. And everywhere that Maddie went. Come on y'all. This this kingdom is upside down of where you live in the natural. God's kingdom. Everything works the reverse of the way it would work just in the natural. Amen. When trouble comes, joy. You got me? When situations, when you feel rejected, know that you're accepted in the beloved. Go look in that mirror and say, look at you. Is there anybody more accepted? No. What's that out there? I don't care. I'm accepted where it's important. You're accepted by God. Well, you care what man thinks about you. You got something they don't know about. Because anybody who's working on you, trying to pull you down, has no clue what heaven is all about. Has no clue what God's kingdom is all about. Have no clue. Amen. Anybody trying to work the works of darkness doesn't know enough about light to appreciate it. Amen. Still over in the dark valley. You gotta come out of there, folks. We're in, we're children of light. Stay in the light. Amen. 
Just stay in the light. And really, that's all God is training us to do is stay in his light. Stay in it. Grab another fruit of the spirit. You know, if you're if you're weary about something, grab something else from God. Like ask him to show you something else that's going to help you to get over this this whatever it is. You know, some people keep a mood on them, you know. They go in their closet and, you know, everything's dark, black, and gray. Let me see, what can I wear today? Oh, I'll wear, I'm in, I'm happy I'll wear my light gray. Uh, all these morning clothes. You know, we gotta cut that out. Joy is very powerful. Laughter is very powerful. Laughter's an overcoming spirit. Amen. It's very powerful in the realm of the spirit. If you can tell when you start to laugh somewhere and if people listen to that long enough, they'll something will register in them and they'll pick it up. Moods are contagious. Spirits are contagious. All that stuff is contagious. Amen. And why go in and join the crowd? Go in and take something different with you. Amen. If you just take it to your, your own little room and decide you're going to laugh at the devil, devil, you know what? You are just way too late. Number one, I'm going to heaven anyhow. You can't talk me out of that. More than that, God's paying all my bills. Amen. I don't care if I don't see the money right now. I know they're paid. Amen. If he got to pay them late and pay the fee, he'll get them paid. Amen. Amen. And just understand that everything is still taken care of. No matter what you see in the natural, it's all taken care of. Amen. It, it's, you have just as much peace with God right now in the midst of trouble as you ever had. You just need to know how to step into it. Step in out of what you're concerned about. That's temporary anyway. Anything that this world has to offer is temporary. That's why it's called temporal. Listen, the author of this world system is temporary. The devil will tell you himself he got a short time. He said, listen, I'm on a clock. Can you just, can you just obey me and get scared? Amen. Cause I don't have a whole lot of time to work my stuff down here. And so we, we, we need to take advantage of what James is offering here. He says, count it all joy. He didn't say that you're going to feel like it. He said, count it. When you add up what's going on in your life, don't have enough this, don't have enough that, this is due, that's due, this leg is acting up again, and I got a headache right now. But at bottom line, I draw a line under all those sums, and I say J-O-Y at the bottom. It's all joy. Amen. It's joy right now. You don't get, you don't rejoice after everything's over. Rejoice now. Why put it off? Amen. Oh, that went over real big. Huh? You gotta learn how to feast on that. Cause joy is really what makes you strong. You can, we can, you can lead into joy anytime you want to. Amen. And it's just, you know, Israel, when they got back the, when they rebuilt the temple in the time of Nehemiah and they brought all that, uh, all the, uh, uh, holy things back into the temple. They've been scattered everywhere and, uh, and just, just the whole thing was broken down. And as they rebuilt it, 
some of the people who were older, who remembered what it was before it was torn down, began to weep and moan. And Nehemiah said, y'all better cut that out. He said, it's a day rejoicing. Are you kidding me? We've got God back. This is no time to be sin. I know y'all feeling all, oh, it used to be this. No, cut that out. Start living in the now. Amen. Right now, joy is here for you. Right now, you have rejoicing. Right now, you can put off your little worries. Stuff you worried about is not going to come to pass anyway. Most of it. God will see to it it won't, just so that he don't have to deny himself. He said, I told you it wasn't going to happen. Sitting up there weeping, moaning, and crying like some, you know, like I ain't God. <laughs> you know? So we have to learn how to step into that. You step into that realm of joy. You step into that. You put off that that fear and, and worry and, and all that kind of stuff. You worried about nothing. You worry about stuff that's temporary. God wants you to dive into something eternal. What's eternal? Joy is eternal. Peace is eternal. Amen. Love is eternal. Righteousness is eternal. Amen. So you dive into whatever fruit of the spirit you need so that you can live in that place where God wants you to live in and while the test is going on. Amen. You don't have to be a knuckle biter just because you're being tested. Amen. This ain't like third grade. Where you go in there, you don't know, sweating and sweating and sweating. You were so confused. You knew stuff by the time you got through sweating. You were so confused you couldn't think of nothing. Amen? And that's not the way this, this is not the test God's talking about. He carries us through the test. He is with us in the test. He is your cheat sheet. He's helping you to think the right way to think until this thing is done and you receive what it is that you have. And so when we talked yesterday, our example is in Matthew and Mark, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood. And uh, we we understand her story, but we need to look, I think, a little more closely at it. Um, one of my indications to, to study it, I started studying again this past uh, summer. And then God told me to read all three accounts every day, meditate on it. And, and, uh, in what people say for how long? None of your business. He hasn't told me yet to stop, so I still do it. See, our problem is we want stuff over with. Do you understand what I'm saying? We don't like going through. As long as you live in this world, you're going through something. And God, he really is not a pile on God. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, have you noticed that where you used to be have concerns about maybe your children? Now you don't have that anymore, but you got something else. He's not piling everything on you at one time. You understand what I'm saying? And so he he knows what he's doing. He's measuring these things out for us. He wants us to complete these things. He doesn't want us to quit. Let me tell you something about Christian quitters. They're quitters from day one. You ever notice some people don't ever really believe the word? 
they just kind of like playing along, going along for the ride. And then one day they little stuff dries up and they just falling out with everybody and don't speak to nobody. He used to talk to everybody. He used to like being in here. And I speak to nobody and they, he don't know, he, I, him. Huh? They're quitters from the beginning. But guess what? We're all quitters from the beginning. Just some of us crazy enough to try and believe God at least once or twice. You understand what I'm saying? You need to get addicted to believe in God. That's what he wants us to do. Amen. He wants us to be faith junkies. Yesterday's faith ain't good enough for me no more. I want today's faith. I want more. I want to add to it. You know, I found that out about people over the years. I said, well, these people didn't believe God one time for one thing. That's their problem. That's why they quit. Quit coming to church. Now they're mad at everybody. You know why? The devil's told them they do things. There's something different about them. You ain't like them. Got me? Try to put you, isolate you over into a corner. And convince you that whatever God's doing for them, he ain't going to do that for you. So that's why they drop out. They just go home and sit down somewhere. Amen. But that's not you. You're not a quitter. I don't care how many times you got to run up to the altar for prayer. That indicates you stealing the game. Amen. Let the devil talk you out of nothing. He's taking you to a place that where there's nothing for you. He wants you to have nothing. Because that's where he found you. Then he got a testimonial on you. You've been in that church all them years and you ain't no further along than you've been. Yeah, devil, you know what your problem is? I'm further along, but you can't see it. And you'll never be able to see it. I'm in a place you can't never get. In fact, you used to live there and got thrown out. So here the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. Verse 21, when Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, much people gathered to him and he was near unto the sea. Behold, there comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him. Now, Jairus' faith pleases Jesus at this point because he gets up and goes with him. Jesus don't go nowhere people ain't believing him. He don't go nowhere with you where you don't believe him to do what you ask him to do. So we know this man's faith at this point is pleasing to Jesus. That's why he gets up and goes with him. And it says many people followed him and thronged him, pushed against him, that is, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians 
and had spent all she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Where'd she get that idea from? And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Now, we talked yesterday about some important things, I think. Uh, you know, I just like to figure stuff out and know what's going on. This is a nice story, but I want to know what's in it for me. How do I get it to work for me? Why is God telling me this? Why is this story in three of the four Gospels? Not many stories. In fact, I think this is the only one. I meant to check yesterday, but I believe this is the only story that's told in all three Gospels from three out of the four and from three different points of view. So when you get different storytellers telling different things, they emphasize different things. So we got this story from three different angles. So it must be important to God we understand it because we're getting three versions of it so that we can compare and think about it enough to see what God has in it for us. You need to understand that when we first ask God for something, And God, we receive it by faith. We believe we receive it when we pray. That faith that we offer to him, the fact that we put our faith and trust in him, is enough to get the process started where you will receive what it is that you're believing for. Mark 11, 23 in in the following tell us, We must believe it at the time we pray, and we must believe we've got it at that point. So from that point on, you don't have to continue to ask him for it again. You got me? You have it already. When you fall into doubt what you do instead of going back to God and talking to him about the same thing over and over, you just remind yourself that you received it already. See, doubt is what you have to fight. Your doubt ain't God's problem. He took care of everything already. Your doubt is your battle to fight so that you could hold on to faith and not quit. See, you will receive if you faint not. Amen. Whatever it is, you can't quit on it. You can't one day say, well, I'm just tired of this and I'm just going to go fishing, you know, like Peter did. And you ain't never fished in your life. But you can't just drop it and go someplace else just because you start doubting. you got to refresh yourself and refresh your faith. Amen. How do we refresh our faith? Get over in the spirit. Go get you some word. Get back in your Bible. Quit letting your mind wander. Quit letting your mind doubt that God has that for you. Because if you 
If you meditate on doubt long enough, it will smother your faith and eventually you will quit. Even with the Holy Spirit living inside of you, encouraging you to continue to believe. You understand what this is? This is, this is what I've always wondered. Why is it so hard for us to put our faith in God sometimes? You know, is your mind comes up with all these crazy things. Well, suppose it don't happen, you know, and then you didn't told all these people you was trusting God in embarrassment, shame. Everything having to do with the flesh is the only thing that you're considering is why you doubt. Amen. Sometimes we don't even want to confess in front of other people what we're believing God for, you know, and, and in a way that's wise, you know, because saints will make you crazy if you let them. You understand some of the stuff they run around telling people that you, you need to put them on a pill for saying that. You know, and they telling it to you like it's true. So some stuff is good to keep it, you know, close to play your cards close to the vest. Don't let anybody see, don't let anybody see your hand. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it is wise and God will show you what wisdom is wisdom. Amen. But some people you need to tell them, yeah, I know how that look like, but I'm healed. And let that mess their head up. Let them go wondering all day long why you said that. Amen? Because it is true. And so when we, when we understand that what our initial faith that we invest in God, you believe you received it when you prayed. If you received it already, why does the thought come to you? When is it coming? So everybody has doubt, folks. As time goes on, you do kind of wonder. And you kind of like, mm, well, God, no, I, I, I have, I'm, I'm, it's, you know, you know, you're working on it. But knowing that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, once you put your faith over in him, when you believe his word, that's when you put your faith in God. You believe his word. Once you do that, then that makes him the custodian of your faith. So he's got it now. Amen. You got faith in him. You're walking with him. He's in charge of your faith. So it's up to him to coach you and help you to the finish line. See, because you got to continue to believe until that thing gets in your lap, in your hands, in your bank account. In your garage, wherever it is, until it gets there, then you have to trust him to make, to just stay with him and make sure that you are confident that it will come to pass. So you're, the fight of faith for you is holding on for hold, no matter how long it takes, this thing is going to happen because God said it would. Amen. It's going to, it's going to, I'm going to get this. Amen. I got it by faith now, but I'm getting the rest of it. Amen. Because my faith is pulling it through the natural. It's pulling it through that little birth canal from, you know, the matrix where you reach over in that place and you pull something else out. That's what we're doing with our faith, folks. Amen. It's exactly what we're doing. And so, but Jesus is the author of it. He takes care of it. He's a custodian of it. So until he tells you something needs to be added to it, you just let him hold on to it. 
And keep thanking him. God, I thank you. I don't have to work this out. I thank you, Jesus. You're the author and finisher of my faith. I'm going to finish strong. I'm going to get this. This is not a problem for you. I'm still believing your word. Amen. And just let that be your conversation with God. Let that be something that you talk to him about. Now, if there's some things need to be added to it, God will direct you to that. You know, just stay in your word. Stay where you're close to him. Stay where you do the things that, that, that encourage your faith. Not wondering, wandering, trying to set a time on it, asking God for a date for everything. Amen. You don't need a date. You got it now. If you believe you received it already, why you need a date? Amen. You got the biggest part of it right now, and that's the faith aspect of it. Amen. Because you put your trust in something invisible. See, when you do that, people don't think that's a big deal. That's that's major to God. That you're believing something you can't see. What did he tell Thomas? He, you know, Thomas had to see everything. Jesus messed his head totally up. He walked through that wall. Thomas was like, man, what is this going on? Jesus said, you want to see something? I got scars. Huh? I'm showing him. You said you want to see it. I'm showing it to you. Probably messed his head up. Promise Thomas up in heaven probably still talking about that. He said, man, you should have been there when he came. I was, I was bad mouthing Jesus and he came right through that wall. Man, he was spooky that night. Amen. And he said, he said, he said, you're blessed because you see. Amen. He said, but more blessed are they who believe first and then they see. Amen. So you get the blessing. You see people getting getting answers to prayer and all that kind of stuff. That blesses you. But if you can get your prayers answered, if you can believe before you receive something, that's the greater blessing. Amen. And that's the kind of faith he wants us to live. There's no reason we have to see everything to believe anything. Because that kind of faith will compete with the faith of god god's in the invisible realm your stuff you want is invisible it's not in somebody else's house so quit looking at people's stuff amen quit measuring yourself to people to figure out what god's going to do for you go get in your word and then you'll find out what he's going to do for you so Jesus is walking with Jairus. Jairus is believing him and it's fine with Jesus, the level of faith he has right now. But when Jesus undertakes with you, you got to know your faith is going to be tested. Amen. Because if, if, if it were cool right then, Jairus would have had that girl healed right away. Amen. So the fact he's got to walk a little bit with the master means that the test is on. When we first ask, we have to continue to walk with Jesus because the test is on. Amen. You're going to have to carry that faith for a while. Huh? Until it, it totally uh, manifests and materializes. And that faith has to do a work in you at the same time that you're, you're believing God. That faith is doing something in you. It's changing you. When you, when your faith starts to get weak, you gotta know you have to add patience to it. 
And you have to add virtue to it. You gotta get confident in your faith. It can't be just a little, oh, I'm believing God, you know, like that. So he gonna do it. He's done it already. I got my faith working on it. Amen. He's reassuring me every day that he's working on it. Amen. And it will come to pass. You just watch. Amen. You just hide and watch whatever you want to do. But, but you've got to add virtue, strength, confidence to your believing. It just can't be, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, whatever it comes, it comes, you know. Yeah, uh-uh. It's coming. I know it's coming. You just watch. It's going to come. Amen. If you're believing God to get rid of pills, you know, talk to him. Say, oh, I'm not taking y'all. Listen, it won't be long now. That's God's decree. I won't be taking you anymore. You understand? You got to exit my life. I'm not your friend. You're not my friend. We're not going to be stuck together forever. You got me? And start to add virtue to your faith. You know what virtue is? That word virtue comes from the Latin word for man. Amen. V-I-R is man in Latin. And it means strength like a man. You ever seen women that just can do anything? And I mean godly women. I ain't talking about these. Don't get me started. Okay. I'm trying to try to check. Am I good, Poppy? They, they understand what I'm talking about. Think, okay, good. But I'm talking about godly women who know God and have a confidence in God. The kind that you're scared to go up to and ask them to pray for you because you know your life is going to change. Them people that you go to and you know, now I may not, I better not be playing with her. I got to be serious with this person. You know, that's virtue that you, you feel. That's God's strength that you sense. And that that's what makes you trust people to pray for you. Amen. It's not they just got faith oozing all over everything. They have a confidence in God, a determination that God is going to do it. And if you are not playing with God, he'll be serious with you and we'll get this thing done. You understand what I'm saying? And so you have to add those things to your faith. You have to add patience to you. You got faith don't work by nothing but love. Amen. You got, you can't be a grudge holder. You can't be one of them people that just, you know, picks up everything. Well, they did this to me and they did that. You can't, nah. Now you really think you, that's going to work. You're, you're going to be a person of confidence in God and faith and you whining about what people do to you. Uh And people think you're nice because you're weak. And then somebody who's got virtue gets a reputation of being mean because they trust God. And don't take no crap from the devil or crazy people either. Got me? Crazy people are the first ones you don't want using up a lot of your time with nonsense. So faith has to be tested. You got to know what it can do. You know, most of us, I'll show you what we mostly want to know about anything. Well, I need to know all that. Just, just let me get what I need and I'll go home and I won't bother you. <laughs> Don't give me a lesson. Don't give me a sermon. Don't tell me. Just get my stuff. Where's my stuff? Huh? It's just a bunch of thieves. We're grabbing and running and don't have to know nothing about how I got here. You know? 
You know, my my mother used to say stuff like, girl, if you knew what it took to get some food and groceries in this house, you would be going. <laughs> and I'd be looking at her. I said, what is she talking about? We just bring them up the steps. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's what God wants us to know. He gives us full disclosure. He's not going to just pass out candy to us all day long. We don't know how I got there. Well, I just prayed and I believe God. Honey, if you only knew. The demons that tried to poison you before you even got here, before you were born. Yeah, you understand this. We just have no clue. But when we're strong enough, God will pull the, the curtain back and begin to reveal things to us. But we need to know what we need to add to our faith in order to get faith to produce. You want your faith to yield fruit. So here this woman comes up. Jairus is well on his way to getting his daughter healed. He thinks he's in the clear. That's another story. We might pick him up later. But here here she comes up behind him because she had made up her mind. She had to touch him so that she could be made whole. Now, there's some, some Jewish law here. Uh, when Jesus calls her daughter, that means that she's a Jewish woman. So she's bound by the rules of the laws of Moses. One of the rules is that if you have bleeding, you have pus, you have any kind of discharge from your body, you are considered to be ceremonially unclean. You have to separate yourself from the rest of, of uh, you know, you're socially separated from people. There's certain cleansing things you, you have to do about what you sit on and so forth and so on. So it's, all day she's consumed with her uncleanness. Plus she can't go anywhere and she can't be seen in public unless she announces herself as unclean. You keep doing that enough and pretty soon you're not going to want to go out the house. You got me? Or she can't find somebody to run an errand for her. You know, she's, she's just stuck. And for some reason, we spoke yesterday, we don't know the reason, but for some reason, she's not able to get her healing by the Old Testament covenant. You know, Exodus fifteen twenty four. if you diligently hearken to the voice of you do what's right in my sight, give ear to my commandments, keep, I won't put disease on you. She's not supposed to be sick. Amen. But somehow she is. You can also, uh, if, if you make the proper offering, she has money. Why didn't she take an offering to the priest, straighten up her life, live right, and that would work for her? So we don't know why these things happen. Why is it that some people read the word every day and still get symptoms in their bodies? Amen? So you don't know everything, but this lady is kind of stuck. She's What she knows that should work for her is somehow not working. And and then the worldly way that she has chosen to go, that's not working either. Amen. So she's now she's out of money. She's in a place where she's got to make a decision. I either die or I keep believing. i got to put my faith in something. So all of a sudden she hears about Jesus. If you don't think God orchestrates things in people's lives, i got news for you. You don't hear about stuff that really helps you by accident. Think of all the stuff you hear about that does you no good. 
then all of a sudden something comes up that you hear about that does you some good. That's not an accident, folks. That's deliberate on God's part. So God has somebody tell her about Jesus. And it says when she heard about him, she came in the press. Now, we discussed yesterday that probably didn't happen all in one shot. It's not like she was in that crowd for some reason that day and somebody told her, oh, yeah, this is Jesus. He heals people. And she all of a sudden made up her mind to go. No. The Bible says she said within herself. One of the other uh, accounts of this. So for you to talk to yourself and decide something. Huh? Some people have been been deciding to go to college for years, and they like in their sixties and seventies. You know, I always want to go to college. I'm gonna go one day. Well, listen, brother, you better get to getting because you see. Some people never decide. You gotta understand this. This isn't just so. Jesus, why not think about that? That's ah. Let me go touch him. She, that didn't happen, folks. Now, in order for her to think like that, she got to cross some hurdles already in her mind. See, there's stuff we believe anyhow. There's stuff we just believe. You, you are, you come here with a set, a mindset that's ready to believe certain things, period. If you grow up without Christ, you believe negative stuff all the time. Nothing good's gonna happen. This is no, this can't happen for me. I might as well just do what my parents have done. All they, you know, crackheads, alcoholics, whatever. Do you understand me? You didn't just flip over and start thinking righteous thoughts out of nowhere. That seed has to be planted in there somehow. So in order for her to make up her mind to do something like this, she has to eliminate some hurdles, some barriers in her thinking that would keep her from getting her healing. Barrier number one is she's unclean. So she she finally understands she can't go up to Jesus and ask him for anything. Number one, how's she going to get out the house? If people see her that know her, you understand what I'm saying? And they start telling her, get away, get away, so lady's unclean, and, you know, right back to the house again. Amen? When she when she approaches him, she's going to have to do it in such a way that he and nobody else is aware that she's touching him. You You don't touch normal people, let alone somebody who's set apart by God. You don't touch a priest. They touch you. If any touching goes on, you understand what I'm saying? You don't just grab somebody. So all these things are in her mind, and every time they pop up, and how about you? If you had to think things through, every time something negative comes up in your mind, you say, well, I just can't do it then. That car you wanted so bad, the first place you went to, they told you no. You say, oh. I guess I can't get a car then. You understand what I'm saying? One no kills our, and he was, oh, we got faith. I got believe, I believe God for anything. I just believe God. Huh? Until the, the, somebody don't even make as much money as you do probably. He pushing paper and tells you no. Huh? 
You sit up there and shrink back. Where you walked in the door, when you leave, you walk under the door. On your tiptoes with your fingers up. You got me? Huh? So one no can kill it. If you don't have God's faith in you, the the problems and the possibilities of wrong things happening will kill your dream. Will kill the little faith that you're trying to muster up to put out there. But faith in God operates in a way that when it meets an obstacle, what happens to it? Gets stronger. God's faith is really the battering ram to your problems. That's why you confess the word. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Now, God told me I was going to get this car. That's all you got to do is keep your faith alive. By reiterating what God's already told you. When you left out of that house, you should have left out of there saying to yourself, I'm going to get my car. Don't go out there saying, well, let me see if. Your if will kill you. Huh? More people are killed by if than anything. Why? It was never up to the finance people to give you that loan anyway. It's up to God. You're just going, you, you go in there because they're, they are the ones who will be blessed by your, your, your company. <laughs> You're going to get your blessing. Amen. You're not going to see if they're going to do something for you. If that's the way you feel, stay home. Till you get some virtue in you. Well, God, I'm going to go and get this. Huh? Don't, don't go and say, well, if I don't get it there, I'm going to try something. No! Get my loan. They're going to be glad to give it to me. They're going to bend over backwards for my business. Because God's sending me. You got me? I mean, flip the script. You know, people say things like, well, you, you don't have to beg God for nothing. I beg your pardon. Where most people beg is they beg man. I tell you one thing. You beg God long enough, you get it. You can talk to him. God, please. Hey, I know this ain't right according to Brother So-and-So's 12 steps to get something from God, but I need this bad. I don't know about nobody else, but I need this bad. Amen. And go get in your word and turn on your worship music and lift holy hands and start thanking him for it. And Kimball on out of there and get your loan. Huh? Seriously. You do what you need to do to keep your faith alive. Amen. You can tell when that faith is, is lifting off of you and you getting too nervous. So you do what you need to do to keep your faith alive. So this lady's got hurdles just like we all do. She got hurdles to leap over. Number one, she knows she got to get out there to a Jesus meeting because he ain't doing house calls. How's he going to know to come to her house? Amen. So now he does that with Jairus, but that's a different situation. That's what he he had in his mind was going to happen. You know, the daughter's already dying. He can't move her. Scared to move her. Scared to wait for Jesus to come to his house. He's in a bad place too. Amen? That ain't got nothing to do with her. And somebody else's bad spot don't have nothing to do with you either. You work your own faith deal with God. Amen? So here she finds out. 
She's thinking this thing through. You know, it pays to stop your, your excitement about getting what you want from God to sit up and think it through with Him. Just get a plan. It's called a plan. Most, most people, you know, <laughs> when we start believing God, it's like we got a hot potato in our hands. Let me get to where I'm going to go before this, this thing cools down. I got to go while I'm, I got to go while I'm feeling it. Huh? Then when you get there, the devil will beat you up so much on the way you ain't feeling it no more anyway. Amen. Says, okay, I just, well, let me trust God. How, whatever that means. God, if you with me, I'm going in there. If you ain't with me, I ain't going, you know, you be pulling up Moses, you be pulling up, channeling your inner Moses, whatever people be doing. You know what I'm saying? That kind of nonsense. You need to meditate on what you need to do to get what you need from God. You need to get his input. In helping you to decide how this thing's gonna work out. Amen? You know, there are people, sometimes people do simple things. You know, watch, watch young people, watch kids sometimes what they do with the things they understand about God. Hey, you know, kid will say something, I knew if I got to church, I'd get my healing. And then we sit up there and they, well, I've been on the hunt for three months now, I ain't got nothing. I tied she get that. Huh? Took the time to think about it. You don't have to ask God how, you don't have to ask him when. Just say, God, I need a plan. I need you to give me your plan for how this is gonna happen. Amen. And once that plan is made, if it's God, it will leave you with more faith than you and you started. Your faith will be strengthened by thinking things through and making your plan. Amen. So she, she said, and one account says she said within herself, very important what you say within, because that's where you talk to God. Amen. You make plans on the inside. You, you see yourself step by step going through and receiving what God has for you at the end of the process. Amen. Don't go without a plan. Don't go without seeing. Because she said, I know I'll be made whole. She planned it out with the Holy Spirit. This plan is a little risky. Amen. This plan means she's got to break the law in order to execute it. She got to go touch a holy priest. She got to do it in a way that she's not seen. Because she doesn't want to be stopped. Because she thinks to herself, how can I do this without him knowing what I'm doing? And little did she know that he could tell who touched him. Now suppose he hadn't known that she touched him. Well, how did he know it? What's he say? What he's, he's a yeah. If she, if she had touched him like everybody else, she wouldn't have got her healing. Hmm? You gotta get his attention with what you do. Your faith must get his attention. 
Your faith must please him. He's got to notice you knocking on the door. You can't come in there like everybody else. You gotta come in there with definite faith. This, this day I get it and I'm not going home without it. It's gotta be that. That's what faith is. Faith is a determination that it's yours and there's no reason to wait. Amen. That's when it manifests. When it's yours and there's no reason to wait. But you gotta meditate your way there. You just can't read one scripture and jump up and run, go get stuff. God knows when we cheat. Amen. See, you want yours on it so you can tell people, well, I got mine and I didn't have to do all that. I wouldn't brag about it. It's just like saying I stole something. The police ain't caught up with me yet. Next thing you know, the popo's at your door. Nobody just snitched on you. You know how the saints are. They get real holy and honest when you in trouble. Amen. Turn you in in a minute. <laughs> Amen. They've been gossiping, witching, dig, dipping in the dirt, witching, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, well, I saw her do so-and-so <laughs> in violation of the law. Huh? So she knows all of that. She's got to do this undetected. So the Holy Spirit works with her faith. Faith knows how to strengthen itself. Spirit of faith is a person. It's a, a facet of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He knows how to talk to you. He knows how to convince you. He knows how to tell you, girl, I'm with you. Come on, let's go get this. Amen. He knows how to convince us. And so she decides that she's going to just touch the hem of his garment. She's going to touch the edge. Touching the edge means you don't touch him. So it's like it's legal but not legal. Amen. Because you couldn't touch the priest and she, hey, that probably means his body, his what is under his clothing. I'll just touch the clothes and I'll be legal. Amen. See, she's trying in her mind to not feel enough condemnation to talk herself out of doing it. You've got to learn how to do some things that may seem like they're not quite, they don't quite give you the peace you want to have about something. But you got to make sure that you keep your faith alive while you're reasoning. You can't let that thing put a damper on your faith. Well, I don't know how I'm going to touch him because if, if I touch him, you know, that that's wrong. You know, that, that the priest, you know, that you know. Hmm? Where she thought she had all this settled, by the time she gets out there, and we said we don't know that this is the first time she did this. She might have looked a couple times while he was preaching and said, I don't think I can do it. You know, you get that sinking feeling on the inside, that quit thing. She said, oh, no, I can't do this. And you go home. And you go home and your faith won't let you get it out of your mind. Your faith continues to talk to you. I just wait a minute. That was just one time. You go out. Next time you go out, why don't you stand at a distance and watch for a little while? 
see when he comes by this time and see if you can get over there where he is. Amen. So your faith begins to coach you and school you into the place where you get your healing or you get whatever it is that you need from God. So she gets up again. Maybe. She goes out again. When she gets to, you need to understand this, folks. I don't care how perfectly you think you've thought something through. When the time comes to execute, well, let me explain to you why this happens this way. Because the enemy knows he tracks you too. So by the time it comes to execution point, he's rigged up so many. So the stuff you thought through when you were sitting. See, this is why when God helps us, he helps us in the situation. You can't just sit and think your way through every single problem and get out there and execute it perfectly. This is not figure skating. You understand what I'm saying? You you do that jump enough times you get it perfect? No, because the enemy is always going to have something. He'll sit on your shoulder and talk to you all the way there. You think you're going to get here? Girl, you can't get out there and touch. Ooh, oh, man, if you touch him, it's over. See, this is what she's thinking. If he knows I touch him, it's over. Because that's what she's thought all this time. She's been in the house 12 years not going out. And the priest is her worst enemy right now. See, because they'll turn you around in a hot minute and tell you don't come back no more. Them were some mean people. Come on, Pharisees. They were the ones that put Jesus to death. So you know they're going to walk all over her. So there she is trying to get, get, you know, undetected, unseen, unknown. When she got there, when she touched him, she knew that she was healed in her body. So by the time she was found out, she was healed already. You got me? So, so being found out is not a problem for her anymore because she knows already that she's healed. So her faith did not lie to her. Her faith told her, if you touch him, you'll get your healing. Amen. You see how he touches people? You can touch him. And, and, and the Jews believed that the robe of a priest carried the sacraments. It carried miracle working power. Why? Because they had scripture rolled up at the bottom of it. And it represented touching the word of God. And so she knew that much. And, and her faith was telling her, just get there and touch him and you'll be whole. She was able to get past all the junk in her head, all the fear of failure, all of the where's the priest at. Amen. Well, she was wondering where the priest was. There he is standing beside Jesus. And her faith still propelled her forward. You got me? All her worst fears are right there facing her. You got to believe that your faith is bigger than your worst nightmare coming to pass or it won't happen. What's your worst nightmare? 
you got to believe your faith is bigger than your worst nightmare. Amen. And see, many times we think we're believing God for something and worst nightmare is standing there and staring at us all the time. Well, you got to confront that thing. You got to make sure you make that thing of no, no effect on what you're going to do. Amen. And by the time she got there, her faith had taken over to such a point that all of anything else was a blur. Huh? Jairus was a blur. He, he trying to get some help for himself so he can't stop me from doing anything. He'd been neutralized by his own problems. You gotta see all your, your boogeymen neutralized by your faith. And that's the mountain that's gotta move. Why did Jesus say you, if you could, you could say to this mountain, be removed if you have faith like a mustard seed? Cause you gonna have mountains trying to stop you from getting what you need. Getting your needs met. I don't care what they are. I don't measure up. I'm not this. You ain't never going to be that. But just get, take it like a thief, like everybody else does. Amen. You know, some people say, I thought I'd never get married. And they got 12 kids sitting over there. You know, well, 13, that's a Henry Groover. Amen. He, he said, I just thought I wanted one or two kids. I came from a large family. I wound up with 13. You understand what I'm saying? So, so these things, they flip around in the front of faith. Faith puts you in the will of God, puts you where God wants you to be. And if God, where he wants you to be, never entered your head, so be it. It's in your head now. At least it's in your heart. That's where it needs to be. And so here she is. She, she does a dive, we believe, down on the ground. You know, if, if you see the, the, the chief priest of the synagogue, you gonna hit the ground. You understand what I'm saying? You know, and she made up her mind, no, I'm not going back home again. I don't care whose house he's on his way to. I'm going to, they don't even have to know I'm here. I'm going to touch him and get my healing. And she touched him and got her healing. Amen. But he still wanted to know who touched her. Who touched him. Amen. And why did we say he wanted to know that? Amen. He's got some work to do in all of us. He still is the author and finisher of her faith. He has to complete her faith. Many times when we receive something from God, our faith is still not complete. But like most people, most of us are like her. We just want our stuff, go home, enjoy it, and forget everything else. Amen? He wants to complete everybody's faith. He'll say, hey, psst, come here. Let me tell you something about what just happened. You need that as much as you need what he just gave you or what you just stole. You understand me? Because it's not good to be branded as a thief. The stigma of that, the knowing you broke the law, what's that going to do to her brain? Amen. And, and Jesus has to deal with all of that. Amen. That's his job to take care of that. So while she got her healing, he wants her, he wants to do a complete work in here, her so she don't lose it. Because the minute the devil starts telling her, oh, you didn't get healed. what? How'd you get healed? You didn't, ah, uh, you can't touch a holy man and you bleeding. How'd that happen? 
See, the religious legalists will jump on you in a New York minute, talk you out of what you just got. When people see her out in the streets, not calling herself unclean. What are they going to tell her? How are you out here? Did you go to the priest? You mean, no, you didn't touch that man. You ain't healed. You, you can never break the law. You broke the law of Moses and God still blessed you. That didn't happen. Huh? So she goes back to calling herself unclean. Guess what happens then? She started bleeding again. You understand? What? She in a bad place. Even though she's healed, she ain't complete yet. He's got to finish her faith. See, we think when we get stuff, we hot stuff. We get up and give our testimony and, oh, God did this, God did that. You tell too much too fast to the wrong people, you ain't going to have nothing. The devil will pick you clean. If you got it out of the word, stay in the word. Amen. Some of us don't know how we got it. We need You need to find out how you get stuff. You know, this is her receipt. See, this is what you need in case the police come to your house looking for that fur you bought off your neighbor. You don't have a receipt, you ain't got no business with it. Huh? Most people don't know real furs are stamped, they're branded. Somewhere on that skin, in the, on the lining, in, on the inside of the skin is branded a serial number. Amen. They bust that open and see that. That's who the owner is if you don't have a receipt. You got me? They haul the fur and you out of there. Poppy, I'm trying. You see me trying. I'm doing my best. Doing my best. Amen. See, for all of you who got some hot furs, go home now and see. If, now everybody gonna go checking something. Huh? This is her receipt. He's getting ready to give her her receipt. She needs it. So when people talk to her and and question her, she said, oh, no, baby, that you know, what you talking about, they don't have nothing that my faith did. My faith made me. My faith did this. That's her receipt. Amen. Faith did that. And she needs to know it because she came about faith in a way that was unique, but it was valid. Just the way your faith will be. Yours will be unique, but it will be valid. Amen. Amen. And so he says here, he looked around and found her, and she says in verse 33, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, in other words, she knows, he knows, she touched him. She can't deny she's healed. And she told him all the truth. Spill the beans. Jesus has a way of getting the truth out of everybody. Liars don't stand in front of him. She couldn't have made something up if she really, really wanted to. She couldn't have said, no, that wasn't me. That was my girlfriend over. No, nothing like that came to her. Amen. And you need to know that the spirit of repentance works in miracle working power too. 
every spirit that's needed for everything in that situation shows up in that situation, in that atmosphere. And so she told him she spilled the beans on herself. Now, while she's doing this, look at the crowd. That's the biggest crowd Jesus has had in a long time. Everybody's listening. Amen. She and this is part of the kingdom share of what comes from your miracle, my miracle, anybody's miracle. The kingdom has a share in it. Because she gets to give this testimony out loud in front of all these people. Amen. And if you turn over to Matthew 14. In a subsequent. Healing miracle service Jesus has. Verse 34. They come over into the land of Gennesaret. Now this is interesting because these people ran from him and told him to leave the last time he was over there. Now, and when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they went out to that country round about. Everybody want to see him now. Huh? We talked about that. That has more to do with the strong man being released from his assignment than anything else. But you go over to a city and get the strong man, everybody gets saved. Because they're free now. Amen? That's why we do what we do. You know, people think we're strange and watch them and they look at you funny. Yeah, because we don't like liars. We don't like fornicators. And we don't like you, <laughs> devil. <laughs> I don't like devils either. Why you wonder about how we looking at you? Unless you got something to hide. But anyway, it's a different story. But it says here, they everybody went and told everybody. And they brought people who were diseased. And besought him that they might only touch the him. Now, how they figure out how to do that? Cause of her testimony. This is the this is the greater part of it. This is the part where God gets to cash in. You mind if God gets something off of your testimony? You mind if He gets some fruit off of your healing? Do you mind if God gets to reap something off of your words? Huh? Sometimes that's the bigger part of what happens to us. Because if you ask me, this lady, as long as the Bible's been around, people have been getting healed off this lady's testimony. Amen? And they said, as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. So anything the Holy Ghost conceives and your faith pulls in, will have fruit to it that will remain and remain and remain. As she spoke, she spoke out through what we call the spirit of prophecy. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus Christ, when you testify what he does, the spirit of prophecy is on your words. That's why people can do so much through their testimony. Joyce Myers made, look at the people that flocked to her meet. All she does is give her testimony. Now she's a good Bible teacher, don't get me wrong. But there's better ones out there. I think about it, folks. This lady, she does good on the level she's at. But she got baby Christians out there. Those people sitting out there are not really what you would call believers. Half of them may baptize in the Holy Spirit and don't want to be. But they're hungry for what she has to give. 
Well, what does she give? She gives her testimony. Mainly, they come because they know her story. They know what God's done to her, and they see the end result of her fruit. So the spirit of prophecy rests on her ministry because of what she's shared about what God done. And they look and see, my goodness, I I, I know women that 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 want to be want to commit suicide because they've been molested. Let me bring them to her meeting. See, that's why you get mostly baby people. You understand people that just have basic needs need to get their foothold in the kingdom. Amen. Now, well, I didn't mean to put her down at all, but we know there's good, good teachers, better teachers, higher level teachers. See, she has nothing to offer you. You're believers or not much. You know her testimony. You know what God can do to repair a soul. So get with getting yours repaired. That's all you, you can get there. But you need somebody who can empower you to go out and lay hands on the sick, empower you to pray. And that's not her ministry. You understand what I'm saying? So there are better. Amen. There are more. There are more depth and all that kind of stuff out there to help believers. And so when we, we want to, when we understand these things, we'll understand how important it was for Jesus to be able to tell her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace, be whole of your plague. Number one, he knows she's a daughter of Abraham. She's under the law. He's got to clear that up. The law is not against you. When you operate in faith, the law is still your friend. Amen. So you're not breaking the law by getting your healing. And he gives her her receipt that says that God was the one that led her there. God was the one who healed her. And God's helping her to keep her healing. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding that comes with your holy word. Amen. With with your spirit. Amen. With the things that have to do with your spirit. And we thank you and we bless you and we praise you and we magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen again. If anybody needs prayer, I'll pray with you.